Hey, goddamn fe fellas. Fellas. Goddamn. Yo. <laughs> why you want to look on me like that? Though? Go ahead now, bro. I got you. Go ahead. Why are you raising up? Yeah, yeah. What up, dog? How you doing? Good to see you. I ain't had no help for you. He froze. He froze. You see how he froze? My man, boss. How you doing? What's good with you? Appreciate you, baby. Yeah, goodness Yeah, you froze, man. You in season right now, Phil? Nah. So you can have a drink? Yeah, I can. Happy dad. Crack it open, Chad. You got You got some babies? You got kids? Nope. None. Yeah, well, it's gonna make you have kids. Oh, hey, damn. <laughs> hey, they um, you know, he's um, he's seven times Mr. Olympia. Oh though, my man. goodness. You know, oh yeah, yeah, I done seen. Yeah, he probably couldn't drink and stuff like that when, when you're training. No. Hold up. Limitless, take a simic cap pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, on the vision, I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up. Uh, no By the way, man, welcome to the pivot. Everybody wants you to. I appreciate it. Thank to you. Subscribe, yeah. like. You know what I mean. We appreciate all the support, yeah. all the help. Cheers, guys. So, I'm just gonna get right to it, Phil. Um, what makes any human decide he gonna lift all the weights in the gym? <laughs> You know what I mean? Because, listen, bro, we all trained, we all lift, you know, we all had to be guys who put the work in to play the sport. Right. But it's different in what you do. You know, the, the, the eating regimens, uh, the, 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 the making sure you peak at the right time. We see the end result. When you growing up in, in Seattle, like, what, what pushes you toward this way of life? <laughs> well, living in Seattle, I definitely wasn't thinking about bodybuilding. <laughs> right. You know, playing hoop, you know, I got the... Great chance to play with Jamal Crawford at Rainier Beach High School. Wow. Was able to win state with him back in 98. Got a Division One scholarship at the University of Denver. Small school, but uh, still played D1. Uh, those hoop dreams didn't last very long, you know, uh, but I did graduate with a, a degree in business and also IT. But during one of those classes in IT, I was sitting next to a student who was actually in the bodybuilding. And on his laptop, he had all these dudes, you know, <laughs> in posing trunks. And I got a naked woman on mine. <laughs> my man. Yeah, he's trying to figure out. He's trying to figure I'm out like, what's wrong with his what's, screen yeah. as compared to my screen. Right. So I got Brooke Burke on mine. I don't right. know if you remember who she was, yes, but sir. yeah. So he introduced me to that world, and I, I watched him compete. And then I just thought, man, this is pretty dope. You know, going from the varsity weight room just to where the students are, seeing all that camaraderie it kind of reminded me of what it was like, you know, playing. Mm. You know, just being around one of the guys. We're always pushing each other. Even in basketball, you know, we're still lifting weights, just different. And this was completely different. So once I got into that, that was like spring of 02. And later on that year, I was like, well, there's no more hoop for me. Right. You know, um, what are you going to do? And I still had, you know, a following year left because I, I did five years. Then I just said, you know what, screw it. In October 8, 2002, I decided to be a bodybuilder. Didn't know really what I was doing. I just knew I wanted to look better. Right. You know, with my shirt off. Wanted to do my thing. I knew I had some genetics because I had big calves growing up. So, you know, <laughs> right. a lot of brothers ain't got no calves. I ain't got no coach. So, so there you go, like right? right? Right. So I'm like, I must have got something. <laughs> so, you know, got into that. And then six months later, I'm doing my first amateur show in Boulder, Colorado. Won the whole, thing, whole damn thing. And just steamrolled through the amateurs. Next thing you know, I'm getting flown out to... 
meet Joe Weider and Flex Magazine Muscle and Fitness. And then they handed me a check saying, hey, you could just do this for a living. I'm like, wait a minute. I can be in these magazines all over the world. I just got to hold up a product or hold up some dumbbells. Y'all going to write me a check for this? They're mm -hmm. like, yes. I'm like, man, let's go. Were you a tough kid, though, like growing up? Because, you know, you said you hooped and then you get you get into, into bodybuilding. And, you know, we've had we had Juliana Pena on and she kind of talked about what was a part of her transformation. She said she was a chubby kid. She goes to a cardio kickboxing class and, and, and it starts her life into what it ended up being. And now she's the bantamweight champ in the, in the UFC. Were, were you one of those kids that, that, that were tough, always into working out and those type of things? Or was it just being able to see that and seeing those guys on the screen kind of pop something into your head and say, okay, I want to do this for a living? I always knew I wanted to be a pro at something. Uh, growing up, I was raised as an only child, but uh, you know, I had some very competitive neighbors. I grew up with the, uh, the Burleson family, so Nate yeah. Burleson, Kevin, you know, I grew up with them. Mm -hmm. and a few other families that had a bunch of boys. So I was very, very competitive growing up. Um, tough, you had to be. I was always the shortest, but I had to be the fastest and be one of the strongest. Always, uh, my idol growing up was Bo Jackson, you know, always wanting to, you know, work out, seeing him run, Herschel Walker, same thing, the Herschel Walker workout, yeah. doing a thousand push-ups, sit-ups, all that stuff. So I was really into that, you know, working out nonstop. And me being the only child, I mean, I really had nothing else to do but that. And I was always just trying to be competitive. Um, I competed in martial arts growing up. Uh, being an only child, you, you ain't got no brothers or sisters to go fight for you. So what, what, was, was your upbringing tough? Because you keep mentioning being an, an only child. Was it one of those things where it was tough for you? And I, and I would guess your mother, as, as, as you were trying yeah. to figure it out and navigate it? I would say so. Um, my mom, yeah, now you mention it. So my mom. Uh, and my biological father split when I was like two and a half. So that, that created some stress later. Um, she did find a new mate, you know, my stepfather who helped raise me, which I was very appreciative of. Um, but yeah, living in that south end of Seattle, it wasn't very cool. You know, it was a lot of violence. Um, we literally still to this day, they still have bars on their windows. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't easy growing up, definitely. Uh, high school shootings, all you name it. I mean, Rainier Beach High School, I mean, is definitely one of those areas where in the South Side, it just wasn't, what people think of Seattle, they're not thinking of violence. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of it there, plenty of it there. So you had to be tough. You had to be a self-starter. You had to want more for yourself. I just knew that I wanted to get the hell out of there. So I was willing to do whatever it took to, to do that, being a good student, you know, wanting to make sure that, I just didn't want to create more stress on my parents at the end of the day because I knew that they both worked hard. My, my stepdad worked at the NBC News affiliate, King 5. My mom worked in the cargo services for Sealand. My real dad, he worked at Nordstrom. He worked at Home Depot, Like he, but he worked. I just wanted to work. I just wanted to make sure that I was holding up my end of the bargain um, because I saw what my friends were doing. And even though I was kicking it with them, I knew when to bring my ass home and to, you know stay hunkered down on fundamentals you know, using sports as an outlet, along with academics, to get out of there and make something of myself. Seven-time Mr. Olympian, like, it just, I've, I've seen in your goddamn back and all that <laughs> shit, your last. But, like, it, it, are you an extremist? Because we all, like R.C. just said, we all worked out. But you work out to a level 
that normal humans can't work out. Mm -hmm. Like, you work out to a level right. that's above what normal people, even ex-athletes can do. Do you think your upbringing or anything you've been through or, you know, saying where you came from, did that create that, I would say, you let me know if I'm wrong, yeah. an extremist uh, approach to that? Being the shortest on every basketball team I was ever on, knowing that uh, I had to be accountable for not just myself, but for everybody else, had to work extremely hard. I just knew what hard work was. And then when it came down to bodybuilding, you got to keep in mind, like, my whole goal was to be a pro basketball guy. Even though I was undersized, I was just like, that's what I want. And that opportunity, at the end of the day, I just wasn't good enough to do it, obviously. Um, so I was very, very depressed. I went into massive depression, um, suicidal at one point. Just, you know, it hurt because I was watching all my friends, you know, make it into football. You know, you gotta think, like, I grew up around, like, guys like Corey Dillon. You know, I grew up around guys like Jason Terry. I got to see, like, the cars, the jewel, you know, all the that best cool, of the best. all that cool stuff. And you wanted I, that. I wanted that, too. Right. And then when that was just like, sorry, that ain't for you, it, it, kill, it almost killed me. It literally almost killed me. You know, good old saying goes, you know, like, the world's rejection is God's protection. So I managed to look at my second act, or third act, and look at bodybuilding as that, that was a way that I could, quote unquote, pivot into something new. And I could take with me all the things that I learned, you know, for those previous 20 some years, you know, and I made the best of it. So prior to you getting into it, um, what, what size, like your size, your weight, like did you have muscles? Were you always as structured? Yeah. You know, physically structured as you are now? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, a lot of people would, would have classified me as some type of football player, you know, growing up. Um, my mom didn't want me playing. I played one season, you know, in high school. I liked it, but, you know, my mom was just like, no, stick with hoop and track, just do that. Um, but I was always muscular growing up. In fact, a lot of people thought the University of Denver had a football team, and I was just the guy, <laughs> you know, they're like, you don't got, you got, what? Who's this guy? You was definitely out there fouling, though. Yeah, I wouldn't that dude. Hey, yeah. you, know, you know, the guy that plays at the rec and yeah. is just like beating the hell out of people? Yeah. No, that wasn't me. That yeah. would not me. Yeah, but, was, uh, what posi what position do you play on the I was court. a combo guard, so I'd play, you know, I play the two on offense and the one on defense. Okay. So, you know, I was, we played in the Sunbelt Conference, so we played, you know, Lafayette, uh, University of New Orleans, West yep. Kentucky. Uh, North Texas, Arkansas mm -hmm. State, Little Rock, you know, all those teams, uh, Florida International. Okay. So I got to play against some decent guys, you know, obviously, but um, I was a defensive stopper normally. I was that guy that would just, I was the, I was the annoying, you know, guard that would be in a jock the whole time. But Listen, man, you ain't got to stop, keep stopping yourself from cursing. He was about to say mother. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> say mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's been trying to hold it. And, and I hate to take it away from, I hate to take it away from, from this moment. Um, but you mentioned, you know, violence isn't what Seattle is, is known for. Uh, Seattle is known for their suicide rate. Um, recently, um, especially in, in, in females, young females and female collegiate sports, there's been a rash of, of suicides. When you say you got to the point where you were depressed, um, you got to the point where you were suicidal, 
What were those times like for you? Well, you definitely feel alone. So while I'm comparing my life to teammates and the other friends that are also playing Division I, I'm not getting the minutes that I felt like I deserved. I was the guy that would literally stand up and say, coach, what is it that I need to do to get more minutes? I'm going to be extremely competitive with my teammates, but what do you need me to do? Because I don't like sitting here. And he would tell me I would complete that task and then still not get the minutes. And over time, it just started killing me. Instead of going back to the dorm or going back to the basketball house to go hang out, I would go for a run like three miles and just ball my eyes out. Just like, why am I here? I should have went to a bigger school. I could have done that. I chose to go to the small ass school because I thought I was going to be the man. I'm not. Um, yeah, I got injured my sophomore year, but that didn't really matter. You know, like I'm still competitive. I'm still able to contribute. I just want to contribute to this team. And this mother right here ain't letting me do it. And when I do get in, I'm getting in the book. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm actually not just some scrub. I'm not just some guy that doesn't know what he's doing. But it's one thing to not get those game reps. And then when you finally get in, you're kind of just, you know, making sure everybody else get off. Yeah. And um, when we were losing, that's when I really got upset. So I was just very, very hurt over the fact that we weren't playing well. The coach wasn't looking at it as a way for me to contribute. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm, next thing you know, I'm laying in the street, hoping that someone ran my ass over. And you were laying in the road, like in the median. And I just felt like I was nothing. Because I put my whole entire identity into this sport. And I thought that this was going to yield something bigger. You know, being able to, you know, okay, NBA, not, not going to happen. I can still go play ball overseas. I can still do other things. I can still contribute to my family, to my mom. Like, everybody wants to buy something for their parents. I want to be able to do those things. I want to see the same reaction that people had when guys like Jet and Jamal, when shit, Jamal only played like half a season and he got picked up. You know, I'm thinking, let me get some of that. I'll do the work. And when that didn't come into fruition and then just being lied to, at the end of the day, you know, coaches are going to tell kids what they want to hear sometimes, then they ain't going to tell you anything at all. So I just didn't feel like there was anything that was going to get me out of this situation but death. And uh, thank God that didn't happen. And now I feel like, you know, later on, holy smokes, I was saved mm -hmm. because I would have never accomplished what I've done so far, you know? But when you're 20 years old, 21 years old, you don't know anything. And I feel sad, you know, for anyone that, that goes through depression. I've experienced anxiety. I, I, I go through anxiety now. You know, I have my medicine on call. Uh, and I feel really bad for anyone that's suicidal, right? I've never had those thoughts. But it's, it, it, it's, I try to wrap my head around when someone does go through suicidal moments and you hear about someone doing this to commit suicide or doing this to commit suicide. You say you laid in the street. Yeah. I don't want to really take away from that moment, 
right? Because your thoughts are your thoughts, you know, and your actions are your actions. What made you say, I, I need to lay in the street to do this, as opposed to, you know, a gun or pills or, I mean, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I wanna... didn't have it. I didn't have a gun. I didn't have pills. I didn't, you know, could I have gone to the store, I guess, and grabbed a bunch of Sudafed or Advil's and just go do that? I guess. I wasn't really into drinking at the time until, I didn't really drink until I was 21 years old. So I was kind of a straight edge growing up. Like anyone that knew me, like I would, they would have said, Phil, like, nah, he's in the books and in the gym, that's it. And his girlfriend, that's it, you know? For me, I thought how reckless was it to do something like what I saw in that movie, The Program, Guy uh, Laid in the Street. Right. So I was like, well, the, it. like, let me just track. go ahead, yeah, let me just yeah. go ahead and do the same Got thing it. then and see what happened. Okay. And um, yeah, a lot of, you know what's crazy is that when you're laying down there, you, you don't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. And I kind of realized at one point in time, like, I guess this ain't supposed to happen then. Mm. So I stopped doing it because I did it more than once. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to do it one time. Went after probably two, three times. And then I realized, like, this, I guess this ain't working out. So I'm a realist, too. And I'm thinking, well, I must be designed to do something big or something clicked. Good. And I'm glad that that happened. And that's why I went in that bodybuilding direction so fierce. So when I started having success in that bodybuilding career, there was no one that was going to stop me because I knew that it was all on me. This was the one sport that I didn't have to have a coach. Could I hire a nutritionist? Yeah, but like I trained by myself throughout the entire career. Um, I bust my own ass every day. And I knew that the opposition was not ready for that because I wanted it more than, when they say you want it more than air, people say that they're hungry for something. Man, I was starving. I was starving for something better. I was starving for that greatness. Right. I was starving for excellence. And I knew that I was saved to do something different if you'd have said, hey, Phil, you got to be up at 5 in the morning, I was up at 4.45. What are you talking about? Like, I was ready to go. Like, if someone said I was going to, Phil, how do you feel about winning your second time? I was like, are you f***ing out of your mind? You don't know where I've come from. So the fans, unfortunately, didn't understand that because of social media. I was really the first Mr. Olympia to go through that social media part. Yeah. So trying to explain yourself, you can't. Like, you get to a certain level, you're going to be misunderstood. But I learned to be okay with that just because of what I had to deal with prior. I, I was like, you guys don't get it. Like, I've toured around the world. I've flown over two million freaking miles. I've gone through three passports. I've seen things that you, none of my friends have really, really seen, even people that make way more money than me. But I was able to have real good experiences by not giving up. So that's what made me realize, like, you were saved to do something better. Your pivot was forced by laying in the goddamn street, hoping a car comes and runs your ass over, bro? That's what your pivot, that, that's where your pivot manifested from? I, des I Obviously, I decided that I wanted life. Right. And I decided that when there was a new opportunity that I didn't mess it up. I didn't, I, I didn't mess that up at all. During those years of competing, there was no chance they could win because I was willing to Look, I'd be up at four something in the morning doing cardio at five. 
I literally would be doing that sauna, hyperbaric, acupuncture, all the whole, the whole nine. Anything that you guys would have in your training table, I did. I used all the sponsorship dollars to buy the same thing. Because I knew I, I had to treat myself with a higher standard. So I knew that the people who I was going against may not be as intelligent or as, or as um, present of knowing that it ain't just about like training and killing yourself in the gym. Man, I gotta recover too. So I learned just from that training table in college that I needed to apply that in this. So I made sure I was always doing that. I was always researching how to recover faster because I was also going against competitors that have been doing this for 10 plus years longer. And I had to get, I had to get there quick. Um, Cause I was the one that was on the cover of Flex Magazine before I even won my pro card. That's unheard of. I had a 22 page spread with a poster of me inside with me actually dunking a basketball. That was my first cover of Flex Magazine. I know you can't dunk now. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I ain't go, hey, I ain't go act like a, <laughs> hey, I ain't go, I'm sorry to be like, yeah, hey, go straight yeah, down. You know, yeah, you know, I could, like, no, no, that ain't happening. Hey, <laughs> you know, um, you know, listening to, to Freddie ask that question, um, I, uh, unfortunately had a real close friend commit suicide in, uh, in college. Uh, we played little league ball together. We went to the same high school. Um, uh, he was my host on my visit to LSU. Uh, and you know, I think he obviously took his life, but I think you also rob other people around you of, of enjoying um, and creating memories with you. Uh, when I listen to you say, you, you know, you laid in the road in no way to minimize what you were going through, I think you knew you had a bigger purpose. I don't think you wanted to go. You know, and I think God did save you for a reason. God didn't make you, because what's probably worse is if you get hit by a car, you don't die. And, and, now, and now you don't have the use of your limbs. Now you don't have the ability to walk, the ability to train. So I thank God for that. Moving forward, you know, I grew up in, I grew up in New Orleans. Uh, he grew up in Georgia. He's from Florida. Like, there is at no time in my life, bro, that I think, man, I'm about to eat all this dang protein. I'm about to lift all these weights, and I'm gonna wear these bikini drawers and flex my muscles in front of people. Like at no time in my life did I think that. So, 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 Phil, and that's 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 a pivot, right? That yeah. was a pivot. Yeah. So, so, Phil, when when you start preparing to be a professional bodybuilder, mm -hmm. bro, what's that transition like? Like, like, does it go from now? Is it I'm working out? I'm, I'm working out from the, the beginning of the morning. I'm waking up at 3 a.m. to make sure I get the, the right amount of calories. I'm flexing in the mirror at damn LA Fitness while the little dude behind me doing the 10s <laughs> on the curls. How did you prepare for your career and what was that yeah. first competition like for you? Oh my gosh, so the uh, back then, we're talking like late 2002, where you couldn't go to a gym and just peel off and start posing. You literally had to go up to the gym manager and say, hey, I'd like to use your exercise, you know, fitness room where they do like the spin class or yoga class, whatever, because they have all the mirrors and you're not going to disturb anybody. So I would do that. And that's how I kind of learned and just by researching, you know, watching videos of like Ronnie Coleman, Jay Cutler, like all these guys um, buying the magazines. That's how I really learned. I had some guys, you know, helping me out with that, but I will say the funniest thing was when I'm in the gym 
and I'm getting ready for my first comp, and my training partner, uh, named John Bauer and Josh Crandall, they were like, all right, now strip. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? Right. You know, put your damn pants down, man. Yeah, I was like, right. you got drawers on, right? I was like, yeah, I got drawers on. They're like, well, you got to, you know, we got to see what your legs look like. Like if, the, you know. Yeah, see so, what your legs look like. Huh? Yeah, because if you look like you're riding it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 how are we going to prepare for that? But I didn't put too much stress on it because everybody else was doing it at the same time. And I just looked at myself as a work of art. And I'll be honest, if I, did, if I didn't look, look the part, I would have felt more nervous. Didn't mean I wasn't. So that first competition I did, April 4, 2003 in Boulder, Colorado. Um, quick story, I was still living in a basketball house. I begged them not to bring the party home. Of course they did. Kept me up all night. I slept in, the, in my car, which was in the garage. I got up at 7.30, drove up to Boulder, did the show, didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I won every category. Wow. The novice and the open overall title. And I drove back. Um, we had to go drink after that. You know, I was like, <laughs> let me go ahead and, you know, been dieting, whatever, let's go have some fun. But one thing I learned about that part, you can't be having all that even after you're done because you've been dehydrated. Now your body's gonna store every carbohydrate, every ounce of water. Man, it looked like I never died a day in my life the day after the show. Mm. So then I learned very fast that if I'm gonna do this, it's gonna be very difficult to be a rock star and a bodybuilder at the same damn time. Y'all sport, I've seen y'all. <laughs> y'all can do whatever the hell you want. In season, yeah, off season, Jack. like, yeah, y'all supposed to be, you know, curfew, my ass. Like, I used to live downtown Denver. I used to see everybody like doing their thing. I'm not sure thing. what you're talking about. I was yeah, asleep. okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, they were asleeping. <laughs> yeah. Freddie was asleeping during the yeah, season. Yeah, I was sleeping. I yeah, was, yeah. I was yeah. Not Bro, okay. I was out. Yeah, you was out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was calling up Hennessy, Hennessy Sunday morning. <laughs> I made me some tackles, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, you realize, like, even after that first show, what, what your standards have to be. Mm -hmm. And they just grew higher and higher and higher because I, I saw the potential in myself and even winning, you know, from amateur to pro, now I'm being paid for this. Now this is, you ain't gonna be messing with my money, you know, my opportunity. Uh, so creating standards was an issue. Um, I still learned how to have some balance and have some fun, especially traveling around the world, girls, all right, that cool stuff, you know, you, you wanna dabble. Ain't no way he can dabble like talking about all these muscles though. I, I'm just. He has to. Have, you have to have sexual limitations. <laughs> I'm the nasty one, bro. With all the muscles, bro, you can't lay up on top of nobody. <laughs> Missionary is done. <laughs> like for you to be on top is curtains, right? Uh, she liked it. <laughs> Who? What's her name? My girl. <laughs> what you mean? But there gotta be limitations, bro. Right here. See, cause I I I like baby. We do baby style with my wife. Like I pull my legs up. Like you, your legs are too big to pull up. Well, pull you got like big this. thigh. You got big the ass hamstrings and and growing yes, around your the, dick. The, the, the problem <laughs> the problem is, I was thirty pounds heavier back then. So yes, that was a problem. Like 
she'd be like, get up off me. <laughs> I feel like, too, though. You I done? Feel... Like, you're done, right? Because <laughs> like, you got to get up off me now. No, Jack, you got that creatine hey. in you. That creatine get them right now. That creatine get that man right. Hey, I feel like, too, man, that got to be, like, a lot of expectation, right? You know, I'm not a, a very large human, so I feel like when you meet a girl, she's going to feel like she's going to get tossed around the room. You yeah. got to do some carrying. You know what I mean? Like you at some talk crazy. To yeah, him. yeah. Like at some point, you definitely got to talk crazy to him. Yeah. No, you can't. There's no way. Come you Come here, daddy. He can't talk crazy. No, you that can't. big old dude talk crazy to the chick. Who? No, you can't. He can't do that. He got to talk. He got to be sweet. No, you got the wrong woman. Come over I'm here. I'm with him. Come over here. Put your leg up there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See these guys. They, this one. This one. He, 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 yeah, he's gonna go over there. He's gonna go way. <laughs> you gotta put him over there. I always got to pivot back to, you know, what we need to get to. <laughs> I was actually very sidetracked. No, no, sidetracked. You, you, you did mention. I, I wanted to know about the money. You mentioned the money, being a pro, yeah. and messing around with your money. So I wanted to know about that. But before you get into that, because I know it's a lot of sponsorships involved and yes. all this other stuff. But before you get into that, just, just go back to. Uh, we see you guys. You know, you, you got your. Thing, thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is it called? Posing trunks. Posing trunks. I like that. Yep. I was gonna call them speedos. You can call them that, yeah. But posing trunks. Yep. And, and you're ripped up, and you, yep. you know, you're Doing flexing your and all yep. that, right? Um, what are the judges looking at? Because I don't, I don't. Right. So I don't know. All you guys look great up there. Right. You know you. You know, yeah, doing course. your thing, but what are they looking at? So they're definitely looking at the symmetry. So from right to left, they want to make sure. So like, if you flex up one arm, does it look the same on the other side? Same with the legs. So so they have you do like quarter turns so they can kind of see how balanced this person is. Is he huge up top and got skinny ass legs? So if you're jacking they... off before the show, they gonna know your left arm. <laughs> If, you can't be Jack, he can't be this. You beat. ain't Look doing that, form. man. Like, I'm just saying, we, like you can't beat boy, you beat your dick. <laughs> it's over for him. Chill out, man. I'm just saying, one might swell up. His dick down there looking up at him, shaking. <laughs> Please, Phil, leave See, me alone. I'm sorry. My bad. I shouldn't have even took it there. Because he was gonna eat it up. Pause, 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 pause. That's a bad one too. Get into the money. That's a bad one too. Get into the money, man. So, My bad. So you got My co was we, that big? We, we go. It's over for him. <laughs> Tear his whole head off. That bitch ain't nothing but a shaft out. See? I can't, I can't, man. I can't. Pivot. I can't can we push forward? Can't, Charles bro. sweating, dog. Yeah. <laughs> bro, I'm sweating. Whoa. Go ahead. Sponsorships, money. We're not why, gonna get. Why, we're why we're why not we... gonna get there. We're not gonna. We're just gonna admit it. We're not gonna get there. Uh, my bad, bro. My bad. Bring it back. So how the, how do you inspire? So, how could you inspire young guys to get into the sport? Talking well, about money, everything else. Well, every kid wants to be big and strong. No question about it. Yeah. Um, it, it allows them to, you know, obviously be better at their sport, football, baseball, basketball, whatever, but not everybody's going to be like you guys. They're going to be undersized, a lot of them. Um, and even guys that wrestle, you can only go so far in that as well. But with bodybuilding, you can have, you know, you could be a collegiate athlete or a former high school standout and get into bodybuilding right away. And depending on your image and likeness, um, there's plenty of companies that need people like that. Mm -hmm. I found out more 
um, because before, when I got into it, you turn pro. I was Mr. USA in 2005. So, like, the minute you turn pro, the sponsorships, you know, are there. But it was all print media back then. Okay. Now it's all, you know, social Digital. media. So it's a lot different. So you get a lot of people that you may follow. They're not even pro. So it's very tough for even myself to encourage some young person to say, hey, don't you want to be the best in the world at this like I was? They may say, but I can make the same amount of money maybe Photoshopping a picture here and there just to get a, a good look with a sponsorship. Maybe I can buy some followers or whatever, just fake it a little bit. Look the part, get the angles right, have like real cameras, not just the iPhone, make me look like a pro, mm -hmm. and then the money come in that way until they get found out, right? You won't see them at expos because they'll get exposed. But there's plenty of people that do that. There's plenty of people that are at their local gym that has done a show got destroyed, but looked the part to where they could sell personal training as if they were a pro. So there are a lot of scams, but at the same time, I mean, you, as a consumer, you get what you pay for. As a sponsor, you get what you pay for. But for me, I don't discourage anyone that wants to get into bodybuilding. I think it you know, builds a lot of self-esteem. I think it builds a lot of confidence. Um, obviously, you're gonna be more in tune with what you put in your body. Um, you're gonna be able to help other people. Um, Especially, I'm, I'm glad that we're having this conversation because, you know, I know your audience is very broad, but at the same time, I mean, African American community. Yeah. I right. mean, come on, right. come on now. Mm -hmm. Blood pressure, diabetes, all these things. It's not being addressed properly. Mm -hmm. You got a guy like myself, seven time, tied with Schwarzenegger. I'm here for you, right? Um, I'm all on social media trying to answer questions because if I get sick, I know usually how to fix it. If I want to lose weight, I know how to fix it the right way. If I want to gain muscle, I know how to fix it. If I get injured, I know how to fix it. And we have all these resources available to us, no different than you guys. We just know where to grab it and how to maximize it. So if any of you guys were like, hey, Phil, like I'm really trying to get this extra 1%, I'm like, <laughs> I can show you. Show me. And, and but, but <laughs> Phil, but, I, I need to Phil, know. He, he, but he the best of the best. I was going to yeah. ask him, I don't know if he's going to ask the same thing for it, but I was going to ask you, you're not Photoshopping it. You nah. didn't do seven times. Yeah. The best in the world, the, the mm -hmm. best physique in the world. Right. Is it is it financially beneficial? Like, are you good, good? Oh, yeah. When you're the best in the world, I mean, put it like this. So, like, I was the very first Mr. Olympia that had just one sponsor paying him seven figures. Seven? Wow. Like, just a protein sponsor paying that. So that was that was legit. Wow. Yeah. So at one point in time, so you gotta think like an equipment company. So like let's say you got like, you know, you train on like hammer strength or flex leverage, stuff right. like that. Yeah. They'll sponsor you. Maybe a gym will sponsor you, right? Like a big gym, like a gold right. gym, world gym, stuff like that. Uh, you got the supplement contract. You can get an apparel contract. You can start your own apparel company and still keep it exclusive to where right. you can still work with other brands, right? Um, energy drinks. So you could partition and say, okay, I'm doing this protein and the creatine and stuff, but then if Monster or Red Bull wanted to do something, I could do that also. Right. So you could literally have like eight, nine, ten sponsors paying you a little bit, some paying you a lot. So I did that, I mean, gosh, for since 06. Mm -hmm. So when I came out the gate, I was getting paid as an amateur five grand a month just to be in Flex Magazine. 
And I was still working. I was working at Valley Total Fitness, and I was bouncing over downtown Denver at a place called Jackson. And after that, I got signed by Metrex. Started making like 20 grand a month. So I had those two, plus I was doing stuff for like Max Muscle. So I, anytime I wore, anytime I wore like one of the Max Muscle t-shirts, I was getting broke off, major bread. Each page in each magazine, I was getting paid. And I was getting paid by Flex Magazine Muscle and Fitness. And that was a five-figure deal as well. Was this before you became this Mr. Olympia? This before I, I became Mr. Olympia. Okay. I had all these deals lined up. And the way that we would make money, especially then, and we'll say pre-COVID, appearances. Right. Each weekend I'd, I'd do, whether it be a gym appearance or a show. Mm -hmm. So if you put on a bodybuilding show, you hire me, I come guest pose, because you have like all the amateurs, they want a pro. It wasn't internet. So they wanted to see what a real pro looked like. Mm -hmm. I could be fat and out of shape and still look better than the amateur, right? So I would get paid for an exhibition. You're walking out of a weekend selling hats, t-shirts, all this other stuff. You're walking out like at minimum 20 grand. That's nice. Do you have you an know, agent for that? I did it all myself. Oh, wow. And you said you, tra so you trained yourself? Yep, so I trained myself, and... did all that stuff. You know, I worked with a nutritionist later after I turned pro, but early on, I mean, I was doing all these things myself. I ended up having my own clothing brand, Gift Athletics. Mm -hmm. I was doing the hats, tank tops, all that stuff, procuring all the, you know, all the necessities for that. Did I make mistakes early on? Hell yeah, but then you learn real quick. Yeah, li listening to you though, and, and you mentioned all of these ways to, to make money, that's also a lot of hustling, right? Yeah, you know, you're, you're doing appearances, you're doing signings, you're, you're doing photo shoots. Was it hard to balance all of those things and continue to work the way you had to you had to to be the best in the world because it feels like once you become the best in the world and now you definitely want to maximize your opportunity to make money right because you know you can't do it forever right mm -hmm. Father time catches us all right was it hard to say okay i'm gonna go get all the money i can do everything i can to make sure i'm taking advantage of this but also i want to be mr olympia next year right was it difficult to do all of those things at one time it was but by the time i won it I already had a pretty good groove to where I could minimize the appearance schedule and then up my rate. Kind of smile, Shannon? Yeah, my, my, my man said up my rate. Create the demand then. Yeah, you create the right. demand. Because right. then you realize, yeah. like, okay, well, they want to see the best in the world, like, then pay for it. Right. And, you know, was I looked at as shrewd? Absolutely. But most business people that are getting paid are looked at that way. But we all know they don't give a shit about you when you're done. So you might as well get it while the iron's hot. You don't seem like the type of guy that would be a villain in your sport. I, I've heard or I, well, I hear I things that yeah. you've been portrayed as such. Yeah. Why? Because I won. Mm. How many of y'all, well, you guys know it in football and stuff. I mean, people hate on champions all the time. They hate on Tom Brady's ass nonstop. Like, they hate on champions. Um, I was villainized in a documentary called Generation Iron, no question about it, but it was a docudrama and a lot of people didn't realize it was. Um, I took on the role of being misunderstood and I was okay with it. But then I used the thing of social media and fired back. So you would, I was KD, <laughs> clap backing on fools. Yeah. And it, but I wasn't on a burner though, it was me. <laughs> and I would say some shit that definitely wasn't cool, but at the same time, you brought a certain energy I'm thinking, but then at the same time, I'm thinking, but don't all athletes have that type of energy? Like, we want to give it back to somebody every now and again. Yeah. Doesn't the fan want that experience that you, you wanted to smoke, but I gave it to you, now you don't like it? So right. then I got villainized for that. 
But I stood in my truth, though. Like, you're not going to tell me something that just makes no damn sense. And yeah, you don't want to argue too much, but it was more just planting my flag and saying, you're trying to take this? Oh, you're friends with the next guy? Because these are fans of the next guy. Right. So I would just talk trash back, and I took upon that role. I, I called myself the hero villain, and later on I called it, um, I went from being the gift hero villain and then the dream killer. And I was like, you're trying to crush my dreams. <laughs> I like that. You're trying to crush my dreams. I'm going to crush yours, and I'm going to make it very personal. And face, let's face it, every athlete that has won multiple times has had that in their back pocket, like Jordan, for instance. Like, we all know that, like, you talk shit to Jordan, you do it one too many times, what did he do? He killed your, you. He killed, killed you. you. Yeah. Destroyed you. Mm. And I love that, knowing that I could stand on stage next to the best bodies in the world. And you know, it's funny, I'm actually fans of these guys. Because I appreciate their body of work. Mm -hmm. But standing next to a person and then they see you and you don't feel any energy whatsoever. Right. You can actually, and I'm sure you guys felt that on the field with of certain course. people, like you could, yeah. you'd be like, man, this guy ain't got no energy, man. I like suck the life out of this too. You can do that on the bodybuilding stage. Mm -hmm. So imagine like you're in your most vulnerable state depleted, dehydrated, Draws you ain't on. got no clothes on, and you're supposed to smile and hit these poses, and here you got my ass up there like, you sure you... So you want you this? Ready? You, should, you shouldn't <laughs> even came, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and you you, you want to go hit the buffet. Yeah. Because you know it's in Vegas. I'm like, you should just go hit the buffet, man. It's all yeah. good. Don't worry about it. I get you a ticket at the after party. It's all good. Don't worry about it. You pop bottles with the champs. Wow. And I was <laughs> cool. looked pop at... Pop bottles with the champs. I was looked at differently because of that, <laughs> but... You know what's funny with fans, man? Like, the minute you step away for a little bit, they come back and they're like, man, we missed that. Right. Because a lot of the guys today, they're so worried about, like, what other people think. Right. That it actually makes them a mute. Mm -hmm. And all fans want is a voice. They want to know what's going that on interaction. here. And I, I was, in my humble opinion, I felt like I was a pioneer for that. That did I handle it the greatest? No one ever does because you're the first to do it. No one had a rule book of saying, Phil, like, this is social media. You're supposed to post this way and act this way. And it's like, hell no, I'm just going to post. And if you like it, great. If you don't, I might tell you to go piss off. And uh, that'd be that. But I made sure no matter what I did, I always stayed true to who I was. I always made sure that the fans were entertained. I made sure that the fans got a piece of me. And I never left those fans hanging when they wanted a picture or autograph, ever. And if I had to leave, I would still look like we would do a meet and greet the day before the show. I would stand on the chair and I'd like I would stand on this table and tell everybody, thank you for coming. I have to go. But I give them a reason because I still remember in 2004, I was at a show where Ronnie Coleman uh, had guest posed that. I waited four and a half hours for that autograph and I bought four of them. That let me realize what a real professional was like he, he did not leave until everybody was seen. And even being on tour with him, he was the same. So I had really good guys to look up to regarding the professionalism of the sport. You, excuse me if I'm wrong, but I, you say you retired with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Is that the record? No, Ronnie and Lee Haney have eight. Okay, yeah. so what's next for you? Ah, that's a good question. So currently working with various brands, um, whether it be in sports nutrition, apparel, but more 
of public speaking because I feel like my story needs to be told, but also just developing more encouragement for the youth and reminding even people in business who the hell they are. Why do you do what you do? And understand when you're going for higher levels of excellence, you are gonna be met with opposing energy that is gonna make you question why did you do this in the first place? But for me, it's all about showing people that you can not only win, but you can keep going mm -hmm. and never look back. But when it's your time to share it, you damn right, you better do it. So that's, that's really my, my pivot. Um, I also have a new documentary dropping uh, later this year called Breaking Olympia. It's actually being, um, it was co-produced by Danny Garcia and Dwayne Johnson. So it's gonna be pretty awesome. Pretty dope, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned your, your, your story being told and, and having an opportunity, you know, you talk about the public speaking, but also uh, the opportunity to, you know, do documentaries and have these films kind of put out so people can hear from you, whether it's the villain, the hero villain, the dream killer, whatever it is. But, you know, so many, you, you mentioned Michael Jordan. Uh, Tom Brady just recently said he knows he's not as good of a father to his kids as his dad was to him. And sometimes when you're when you're reaching for greatness and you're continuing to push towards it, other things go to the wayside. Right. Uh, you were uh, seven-time Mr. Olympia, but uh, I believe you were married yep. at one point. Yep. Um, also, uh, during that time, your, your father passed away. Yes. How do how were you able to deal with those things and still be the best in the world? Um, with the divorce, I mean that was definitely my fault. Um, probably shouldn't have got married, to be quite honest. Um, she was older than I was, much older, uh, seven years older. But, you know, we were in love, and, you know, I just thought this was the right thing to do. I would have probably been better off keeping her as a best friend. Um, we are now, just after about eight years of separation, able to really talk on the phone, which I'm very happy about. Number one, with that, when that came out, I was a Rolling Stone, so I wasn't, you know, as faithful as I am now. I made sure one thing, don't be Tiger Woods. And people say, well, what's that mean? Well, you saw what happened to him. It wasn't about the numerous people, it was about how he handled it. And in my opinion, I felt like I didn't owe everybody an apology because you're not in my house and you don't need to be in my house. This is my house, this is my sacred space. Um, and I felt like allowing everybody in and something that intimate would definitely have an effect on my game, which in my opinion, it did on his. People could disagree. I feel like mind, body, and spirit have to be at peace when you're trying to do something that epic of what he did. Injuries came, this and that. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. For myself, I was like, I could see myself going in a downward spiral because this could turn into that. What's the best thing to do during the divorce? Just win. Just win. Double down on your efforts, man. At least I'm, not, I'm doing that right. Mm -hmm. This, I still got to deal with. Was it hard to, to deal with for you during that time? Because you, you say somebody being your best friend and, yeah. then, and then going through what you were, were going through with your, your ex-wife, was, was it difficult to deal with and still stay focused? Like you say, just F and win. What are, what are the choice? beat myself up and say I'm no good and, you know, did I get counseling? Hell yeah, I did. I did it on my own. 
because I was trying to figure out some answers, like why I'm, why am I the way I am? And then I realized like you really got to double down on your on your efforts with this bodybuilding stuff because you could go into depression again and then lose it all. And you can't do that because even she don't want you to do that. And then definitely within a divorce decree, you definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you still got some money you got to pay. Yeah. So let me go ahead and do my job. And there was pressure with that as well. No question about it. I was doing, dealing with that and I just lost my father. Um, I still hadn't unpacked that part. But you know how it is, guys. Like, I'm not the first person to ever go through a divorce. I'm not the first person to lose a parent. What happens when those things happen? There's always a story of triumph. You know, my dad didn't get killed like Michael Jordan's dad did, so he still put up numbers. He still won. Why can't I do that? So don't, for myself, I was like, don't be a victim. Like, don't do that. Whether it be my father passing away, what better way to honor him than to win? He gone. Like, he up there. Like, he, he want me to, you know. Right. I always looked at how can I make that mess into a greater message later on. Here I am. Right. Yeah. Here I am. You know, we all went through it. That's what it came down to is just, did it hurt? Did it suck? Absolutely, man. Like, I disappointed somebody. I upset her and I helped raise her son. How was he gonna look at me too, right? And I felt bad about that. I felt shame from the community. I felt that. Now, was that them saying it? No, that's just what I put in my mind. Why? Because I hold myself at a higher standard and I didn't meet it. And, um, you know, the word of redemption comes into, into your consciousness. Like, how do I redeem myself from this? And, you know, you take it up with God, you do that. And then when you get in a better relationship, you know, you, you, you treat that much better. There's been no, no problems with her. Um, and she would kick the shit out of me if I did, <laughs> which, is, which is great. But, you know, I've been, I've been in a good spot sense i wanted to ask you man i just thought about something because you went you you've gone through so much you had the first we were talking about the suicidal stuff after basketball and you were talking about the divorce and like the the process of it bodybuilders die young mm. i i want you to explain to me why sure, they sure die young yeah. and yeah, then man. like what that was tough you yeah, know sure. what i'm saying like that was but tough man you're putting you're putting your life on oh, the yeah. line yeah. to have these big ass arms and these right. mother forms that could that could right. tear, tear a head off a dick <laughs> like man. do you understand how do i stay serious with this guy that <laughs> <laughs> ain't going to change i'm yeah, 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 no, like, like 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 it, it's a thing because i don't know if it's you explain to me. Is it that you put so much it. stuff in your body? I'm do, is, is your heart? Is, is do y'all put so it. much shit on your heart? Why do bodybuilders die so young? I think the pandemic didn't help. Tons of depression with with people not being able to even go to the damn gym. Bodybuilders also having their schedule totally screwed up. So what I mean by that is, for the Olympia, I would know one time a year I got to do this. I got to run this race one time. But to qualify for it, let's say it's in March, but then COVID happened and it gets pushed to April, to May, to June. Now you're dieting all that time. That's not healthy. And everything that goes along with it, we're F1. So we ain't like a Honda Civic, if that right. makes any sense. Right. That's as light as I could put it. We're definitely putting our bodies through a lot of stress, right? What I believe was the problem also is not getting health checked. 
not getting their blood work done repetitively. Like literally tomorrow morning, I'm getting my blood work done. My girl and I were getting it done tomorrow morning. Um, I get my blood work done even as I was competing every three to four months. I want to know even multiple times during prep what these numbers mean because therefore I can adjust certain things. I know what my cholesterol is doing. I know what my sodium, I know what everything is doing. I know my, my hematocrit, my hemoglobin, my, you know, all these, my AST, ALT levels. I know what my, you know, heart, kidney, lung, everything. How many guys really go to the doctor to go get a physical every year? Barely. How many of you guys get blood work done every three, four months? I don't. You don't. So if you're putting that much stress, food, drugs, everything, and you're not getting checked, you do realize you could be doing some damage. Right. So I think it is negligence. I think it is um, the same reason, like I said, how many guys go out and get, women go get their annual, like, you know, like clockwork. How many guys do that? Since we're there, because <laughs> you're 100% you're correct. Yes. Yeah. You know, our communities, you know, us definitely, yeah, we're man. at higher risk. We need to know that, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure we take away the machismo and be able to, you know, set aside this this pride to go get ourselves checked, right? They're afraid of the unknown. Oh, 100%. I don't want to get him started, but I do want to know, and this is it from me. Yeah. There's a myth about uh, uh, steroids yep. and bodybuilders yeah. and mm -hmm. testosterone treatments. Yep. Put this to rest for me, please. Okay. Damn, I want to ask this, but I got... Does it shrivel up your man? Does it, and, uh, but, does it but make no, your man are, are a you, are, are, Is everybody on the, steroids? The, the, I don't the, know, but the, that's uh, what you hear, right? Right, so... The women want to know, too. I'm asking for the women, because I don't care. So here's the deal with that. You're so damn dehydrated, things do happen. Um, that's it. Stop right there. That's good. That's oh, just, I want to hear. I want to hear. But, I want to hear. But here's the thing. Uh, two, two nights after, you, you know... Ready back right. Yeah, we're, we're good. Tearing the shit out. I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, <laughs> we're, we're good. So it's just funny when, like, you know, you go to, like, for me, I love comedy. My ass would sit up front, and you know they're going to make fun of me. Yeah. Oh, you guys are in the... And I'm like, first of all, 32-inch thighs, don't matter how big your shit is, when you got big-ass quads, it's going to it's gonna look different. However, illusion, for sure. why are you so concerned with it is my question. <laughs> And that's, that has always been my biggest thing because I right. didn't grow up as a bodybuilder, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm like, why are y'all so concerned with someone's dick? Like, I don't ever <laughs> understand that. Like, y'all say pause. Like, why is that? Because right. everything else is so well built and you're so upset about that shit that you just want to poke fun at another. But he got a girl yeah. and she ain't leaving. And they got kids. So you know you've been hitting it more than once. She like it. Won't you ask her? Yeah. So you ain't asking her the right questions. Screw what I say, but as far as everything else, I mean, yeah, you know, with, with the sport of bodybuilding, you mentioned Sean Roden. That was a guy that dethroned me mm -hmm. in 2018. And, you know, I remember losing that. And I was happy for him. Obviously, I was upset. And I remember hugging him and telling him, isn't it amazing that we get to make money for our families doing this sport? How cool is that? And obviously for him, you know, he had some legal issues, you know, he had all that, we put that to bed, but for him not to be here definitely hurts for all of the men and women who we have lost, even just recently Cedric McMillan we lost. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've traveled with these guys around the world for years. 
you get to meet them, you get to meet their families, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a brotherhood. And one of the reasons why I made sure that even for me, I got with, I got with, you know, a real dedicated HRT company because I'm like, I got to make sure I get my blood work done properly. I got to make sure I'm with the right doctors mm -hmm. because I ain't going to be like that. I'm going to make sure I get heart scan. I'm getting everything done. So then I can be an advocate for other athletes you know, not just in bodybuilding, because that's a funny thing, right? Like you guys got NFL dudes that are definitely overweight and then life expectancy of a lineman is what, 54, Shorter. 56 years old. Um, they should probably be getting with even guys like myself in my field of saying like, hey, I get it. You guys were big too. You downsized. How did you do it? And how did you do it healthy? Um, who did you talk to? Um, yeah, I'm 50 years old. I want to get on some you know, testosterone therapy because I want to, you know, still chase my young wife around or whatever. I still want to have a, a good life. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, that's what I'm here to do. I'm of service to mm -hmm. the world. I'm of service to other athletes like yourself. You guys get my line. You can hit me up, whatever. Because at the end of the day, we all just want to look good, mm -hmm. feel great, have the confidence to do it the next day. Yeah. You know, that's really it. And, man, I got one because this is what I heard. And you know I, you know I asked the funny questions. I heard that y'all big mother can't wipe y'all ass the normal way. How is that? They like, said that y'all wipe from back to front. Like, y'all wipe y'all nuts you know, towards y'all you know balls. You know what's funny? I heard the same shit when I got into it. That you wipe So I would literally forward. be laughing my ass off because I'm like, how big does a person have to be? I was never that big, so I can only speak for myself. So you still wipe from Man, front what the f are you talking about, bro? Like, <laughs> no different than, like... What are you talking about? I just, I ain't know if that lat, that lat got in the way. So I heard that you gotta you go gotta have, from back to you, front. Now, now. <laughs> gotta wash every time you take a shit. <laughs> not me. Okay, I'm about to I'm say, good. Man, you Everybody else, I can't speak for everybody else, but <laughs> not me. But that would be like saying like, does a lineman have a problem? I tell you what, I'm gonna say what they can't do. Yeah, they're big dudes too. Can they do it? Oh, okay, man. I, just, I, 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 I appreciate it. I'm gonna say this, man. And with that, bro, <laughs> it is over. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. We were talking about it uh, before we got to sit down with you. This is something uh, that I don't think we understand greatly. Uh, and we kind of wanted it to be an introduction to our world and to the people that follow us into what bodybuilding is, uh, who bodybuilders can be, and who you were. Uh, to have a representation like you in that world that, that looks like us, but that's actually, and get an opportunity to sit and talk to you, you care about us. You know, a, a lot of times you can disassociate yourself from a group of people or a community of people when they aren't necessarily the people that follow the sport, right? right? And so I appreciate the fact that, you know, you keep that, you keep that in your mind and you're mindful of what you can still mean to the community and the things that you can do, man. This was awesome. And I guess I'll end by saying this, man. I'm damn glad no cars hit you. Yeah. Me too. I'm with RC. Yeah, man. I appreciate So we appreciate you, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up.